UK Motor Talk. Hi everyone, we are back and we're here. We're actually here chatting to you. We're not at an event. We are sat around our respective desks or sofas or wherever just to come here and, and chat to you this evening. I'm Mike, hello. I'm Jim, hello. I'm Graham, good evening to you. I'm Dave, I think. How are everybody? Ugh. And I'm Dave, I think. How is everyone? Well, yes. How are everyone is, uh, yeah, not too we can live with that. But yeah, it does make a change to all be sat down and not roaming around with a microphone in hand, doesn't it? This, this seems positively leisurely by, uh, by recent week standards. It's actually been a while since we've all gathered in front of assorted screens. And we are indeed UK Motor Talk, here to UK Motor Talk to you. Um, since we last met, in fact, there have been a few last shows of the season, hasn't there? Because you've you've been somewhere, Dave. Yes, I actually got out of the house and went to Anne Caravan. It was brilliant. It was petrol hedonism at Nebworth. And uh, mm-hmm. to say it was eclectic is, uh, is understating it somewhat. And I've been to the Lansing Motor Show, which, I mean, Lansing is a place as opposed to, a you know, an action. <laughs> <laughs> a, a verb, if you will. So, um, how how would that work? How would you have a Lansing motor show? You just have to have two convertibles driving at each other, maybe an, an MX5 and a, an old E33 series or something, and just lean out the window with a, an electric aerial. And then when you go, just you have to turn on, hopefully the aerial got fast enough and take the other person out the top of the convertible or something. I don't know. I've got a thing about convertibles and Lansings. The last time a couple of friends of mine were pelting through Lansing in our youth in a convertible, he managed to roll it going over the, uh, the roundabout by Burger King and Shells. And that, uh, that wasn't pretty. Everybody walked out, so it was all fine. But wow. yeah, convertibles and Lansing, no. Was this what, an, an OG convertible? i.e. one that didn't have sort of pop-up rollover bits and pieces to protect your head. It was a uh, Vauxhall Astra Mark III. Uh, what was RS? About our reg. Mark III. Really? Was that one yeah. of the ones that had the, the sort of fixed hoop over the centre, over the middle bit? I can't remember now. Mm, well, it didn't have, by the time he'd finished with it, anyway. <laughs> but there were, four, there were four people in it, and it went over onto its lid, so uh, ev- everybody was lucky to walk out without cuts or scrapes. So one could only assume it had some sort of rollover protection, or everybody had time to duck. I had a series of XR3Is, old sort of 80s XR3Is, as convertibles, and that had a sort of fixed hoop bit in the middle. And I remember that my dad came to pick me up for some reason in my car. And my brother decided he wanted to go kayaking or whatever. So my dad had put the roof down and then ratchet strapped it across the rollover hoop and then to the towing eyes at either end, which was probably fine the first time when he took it down then it was dry. But he'd come to pick me up and it, it'd been in the water and was quite sandy oh, and silty and everything else. You get in the car, oh, this is unpleasant. Sitting directly oh, underneath as it sort of just showers you. I think those uh, those old-fashioned convertible middle bar things, they, they weren't rollover bars, were they? They were just there yeah. to help keep the sort of shape to the roof, and that was it. These are very much young man's tails, and uh, I, as a very young man, uh, was in a, a Reliant Robin with that uh, rolled, I think, three, four times. I lost count after a while. Um, I was in the front passenger seat. <laughs> After a while, I just sat there as it was, was slowly say, how, tumbling how, how down a hill. Did, or the, something. Uh, did the rollover event take from start to finish? I will never forget us sliding on the roof towards bus coming in the opposite direction. You know, you, if you're going to meet your maker, you don't particularly want to do so while he's on a bus. 
or driving it at you. But um, there were six of us in it, uh, but we all got out bumps and bruises, but otherwise we were. Six? Yeah, yeah. Where, where did you all go? Maniac. <laughs> I did say I was a very young man, and one does foolish things as a young man. We never and did. If, uh, and for, for those of us listening who've never actually seen Graham, he's, uh, he's currently wearing a leather jacket, and he appears to have uh, six studs bolted through his forehead and a, uh, and a blue mohawk <laughs> and an earring. <laughs> <laughs> I still bear the uh, the scars, but there you go. What from the forehead studs or rolling and relying? <laughs> anyway, Lansing Motor Show, which was equally eclectic with many many things there, including lots of modified cars, as there was where you were. Now, I came up at sort of the tail end of the Max Power generation, which means that Jim, you were probably in it also, I guess, because it was about the same sort of time that we our our formative car years. Oh yeah, slap slap bang in the middle of Max Power. I mean, my my first foray into Maxing was sort of a you know a tarted up gear knob, a Momo steering wheel, and a Max Power sticker in the rear window. That that was about the limit of it. And then did a stereo after a while. But it was uh, yeah, a gentle start. But I never went Larry with um, body kits or anything like that uh, in in the early days of it. And then kind of by the time I'd stopped buying Max Power, I ended up modifying my cars even more. So it was a uh, almost like a crash course at a younger age and then just most of the ideas stuck with me as I got older and got a few more a few more pennies behind me but yeah it was it was a, a very 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 big thing when I was at college nobody's car was standard at all what mm. uh, what percentage of all the mods were declared to insurance companies I'm not too sure um but of course these were simpler well, times when you were all driving it. around in your mum's car with your mum's insurance on it so yeah modifying mm. very popular with uh, with ladies in their 50s in the early 90s yeah, there was nothing quite like a Nova with an asymmetric front bumper. Ugh. Yeah, I never, I never got that. I mean, the I, I was, I think I was always the the less is more, or the the OEM look is more. You know, mm. the the Mark II Golf that I had as my first car, rather than anything way too Larry on it. You know, I like the the look of the RS body kit, which was styled to make it look a bit like you know it had sort of Porsche design cues on it. And you do things like take the door handles off and put Porsche door handles on it. So you had that that OEM plus type look. So you'd, you'd yes. fit out your Porsche door handles and and that kind of thing. And th- that was just the perfect look for me. Take as many seams and stuck on black plastic bumpers and trims and lights off as you could. Smooth everything out. You know, take off the rear wiper, take off all the badges and just keep it clean and tidy but I, and i've still got the bug i still debadge all my cars to this day because it's just easier for cleaning and polishing and whatever else. it looks better i reckon as well very much the resto mod look though isn't it you know you just improve it without spoiling it too many of the things that one sees at car shows totally ruined there's, there's it's long been my belief that there's no connection between money and taste the average local car show does tend to prove that well, well I, I, I could. I don't know. Well, I can speak with some authority on this now, having having been to uh, the aforementioned petrol hedonism and uh, commenting on its eclectic nature. There was everything from the uh, Max Power generation, and there is indeed a uh, an organisation which celebrates and tries to um, keep the spirit of Max Power alive and well. And I can tell you, it had a very good pulse from what I could see. There was any number of barely recognisable Saxos. Um, I'm just looking through the pictures now. It's an acquired taste, and it's not my own, but my word, there were some interesting confections going on there. There was a matte black Micra 
with uh, pink accents, pink wheels, pink cylinder head, a massive great spoiler on the back, and it's called Boris for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I couldn't. There's there's any number of reasons that could be called Boris, and we'll leave you to speculate. But, oh yes, there we go. So we've got um, a quite seriously modified Nova, an XR2i, the um, early '90s generation that sort again. Mark III. Massive spoiler and uh, and a Renault Five Turbo with massive, great big gold wings and um, not really to my taste. But again, wicked, the wicked. yeah, definitely got LED yeah. vibes. Oh, the amount of LED chasing headlights that I saw and number plate surrounds and and mag wheels, single wiper in the middle of the screen. That was always a, a given, wasn't it? And the D D wipered rear. There was even it didn't have any other modifications other than it was D wipered at the back and had the word Metro in that sort of nineteen eighties graphic oh, the back front across the rear yeah the back flash that's it it was yeah, a yeah. Uh, a metro gta of all things um which Ooh, just had the rear wipe removed a gta was, Auto. i think it was the gti for people who couldn't afford one it had a carburetor mm. instead of injection <laughs> so it was probably cheaper on your mum's insurance oh your own insurance but um is, but is, was, is that the modern equivalent of of a ztec s or a, an st line isn't it looks the part but none of the bits under the bonnet yeah, I mean, it, to be honest, I mean, the the, the Metro, I mean, we're, we're all aware of the Alan Partridge quote, and there's no way I'd be driving a Mini Metro. I'm not driving a Mini Metro. See what I do, I'll just talk over you. You know, that sort of thing. But the, <laughs> looking at the GTA, it's actually quite nicely done. The It's not over-styled. It's not got too much of a body kit. It's got a little bit of a sort of spoiler surround on the rear window. But compared to the Max Power crowd, it's uh, positively a shrinking violet. But... Um, yeah, apart from the Max Power lot, the um, the style and money not being able to buy you it and taste is amply demonstrated by the sheer numbers of Audi R8 clad in day glow, glow in the mm. dark, or um, <laughs> see uh, the chrome, the chrome, the, the chrome look. I was me. I was thinking shadow the, chrome um, wrap. Yeah, chrome wrap. I'm trying to think of the the chocolate. What is it? Quality Street looks like a quality street that's just been plucked out and wrapped around a a car. It's that sort of gr- green glowing hideousness, and I I just can't see it myself. But you know, each to their own. If we all like the same thing, in what a boring world it would be. Well, I I mean, I did say what I said. I said with 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 a bit of a sneer. But then, as a lifelong fan of uh, Hot Rods and George Barrios and all of those guys, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, they were fairly wild, and, and um, uh, there wasn't always a lot of taste involved there. No, I, I think that's probably fair. With your with your heavy metal flake and bits and pieces, it's a look, isn't it? But probably not one you want to drive you know, your, your mum to the shops in or something. It's On a race car, it's kind of okay. You can be a bit leery, maybe not on, on your daily driver. Our Fiesta ST in, in the grand pantheon of modified cars is actually, yeah, it's de-wipered. We've taken a few bits off and then just stuck a load of stickers on the outside. And the, the brighter <laughs> and the bolder, the better. But there's a reason for it. Yeah, that's okay. Because the race car. Jim and I did disagree with you on one thing, didn't we? And that is, and I, I suspect this, this might be because there's just a couple of years and we've sort of quite fell into that modifying wave between us. And that is dimmer kits. And if you you may remember these, if you think sort of Renault Five turbos in like the rally versions of them, and they were often on two hundred fives and sometimes on Escorts and bits and pieces, I secretly think they can look quite good. I remember seeing some Mark Three Escorts that had something similar on them. They're sort of like a Gar Track type look, if you know what I mean. These were the ones that had Cosworth engines and rear wheel drive or BDA engines and rear wheel drive, and looked and looked pretty cool. Box arches. I think if you're going to go dimmer kit, 
you need to go full 80s with the whole thing. It, it needs yeah. to have the very oh, yeah. late 80s, just about early 90s, you can get yeah. away with vibe to it in terms of the, you know, if you have any badges or stickers or branding on it, you just, you kind of need to embrace the whole thing and look at the cars of that age and the wheels that they had on them to make it all kind of work. Oh. I think if you go dimmer-kitted with modern alloys, it doesn't work. And I think what let that dimmer kit down was the, the bonnet vents and the aero catches at a funny angle. And it was just a bit too much on the front going on, I think. But the, the rest are actually a dimmer kit. And a dimmer kit in 306 is, is quite a nice thing, I think. Well, the 205 I was never a fan of because the 205 is just such a purely pretty car that it just doesn't need anything doing to it, in they my do. humble opinion. It, it is. It's, mm. it's a timeless-looking thing. Um to be fair to the person with the dimmer kit on the one that I saw at Nebworth, I think the bonnet vents were fully functional because the thing had either been supercharged or turbocharged. I can't remember which, but it probably yeah. needed the extra cooling. So to be fair to it, and it also, as Mike pointed out, and we got onto the subject of wheels on our WhatsApp conversation, um, the wheels had been um, sort of, I think had been widened, hadn't they, and turned into split rim alloy. Yeah. So it still had the original sort of 205 1.9 GTI wheels, the slightly more deeper dished um, semi-teledial looking things. But um, but they had about another inch and a half in the rim width by the looks mm. of it. Extra rimage going on. Yeah, it, they made it that bit wider and, and filled the arches out, which is which is I think pretty pretty decent. I like that. Um, I think if you if you've got the correct, you know. OEM wheels that they've widened, that's kind of okay, because I think that largely 90s alloys were a bit cack. They look okay on certain things, like um, an RX-7 with with um, three spokes and a sort of coloured band around the rim. That's kind of okay, because that's how we had it in uh, Gran Turismo 2 or whatever on your PlayStation. Just going back to the uh, the vents thing, you know, if you've got the, the bonnet vents that that dimmer-kitted car had on it were almost modern weren't they they were like they're a bit like the vents on our fiesta whereas i think if you're going to go air vents on something with a dimmer kit then you need to go is it is it knacker they call it knacker ducks the the ferrari f40 style oh yeah yeah that would work if you go with those on the bonnet then those are of period so they work so again like i say it's that oem oem plus look so you just look at more modern stuff from the same manufacturer or stuff that was more exotic at the time. Or louvred, maybe. And, and put that on the car. Do you remember people used to press the louvres into the panels and things? So you'd have yes. this sort of... Yeah, I mean, that that would kind of work, I suppose, to let the let the heat out. And it would probably look quite smart. But I know what you mean. It just Sometimes it's difficult to bring a car from that era that looks very much of that era into, into now. I mean, I think, thankfully, the Max Power stuff, we've managed to largely leave behind. And I have a theory, because I was an OEM Plus guy as well. So for me, my cars wore rims from the same manufacturer normally. So like on my XR3s, they tend to, they had the lattice spokes. So the ones that you'd get on a Sierra Cosworth were an inch bigger. So I'll just fit those to them. Or I fitted um, Focus 17-inch wheels to my Fiesta, which had 15s and that, yeah, that kind of stuff. A little bit of lowering, colour coding, and just trying to keep it neat and tidy. But as a rule, I think if it's got the name of another car in it, it probably doesn't belong on your car. So if you've got a Clio, you don't need Lambo doors. They belong on a Lambo. If you've got a Corsa that doesn't need M3 mirrors, they belong on an M3. Lexus lights, you guessed it. I kind of liked them when they first came out. 
but they don't belong on your Ford Escort. No, leave those behind. Or your Focus or whatever. They just look ridiculous now. There must be other examples of this where they've got the name of the thing in it that it comes off of. Audi lights, I suppose, for a long time were the thing, weren't they? You'd buy cheap day running light little strips from eBay and they would you'd then sort of fit them to the, to the fog light recesses or something in your bumper and they'd never be on there quite straight. Then after a while, one of them would go a bit yellow and wouldn't light up enough or whatever. That happened for a long time. All this kind of thing. If it if it's comes from another car, just, I mean, day running lights and everything now, but just leave it alone. There, there are maybe a few exceptions. I saw the BMW halo lamps sometimes would work if they were put into something else. So like the E36 headlamps, I saw stuffed into something the other day. It looked okay. Well, that works if you've got a Mark 1 or Mark 2 Golf, I think, where the headlamps yeah. are round. They work yes. very well. It's where they get sort of shoehorned into something that's got, you know, very swoopy, very eye-looking headlights, you know, like yeah. the, that are designed to look like cat's eyes or an animal's eyes or whatever. It doesn't work if you put those in there because it's a random round shape in a yes. in a series of other shapes. So if your headlights are square or round, yes, you can get away with it. It's a bit like the early projector headlamps you used to get in, was it the E39 5 Series, the ones that, that you know, with the projector in the centre? I think you can fit those into a Golf and a Capri and other bits and pieces. They're all the, the same sort of size. So as you say, you can do that. And the same, I've seen lots and lots of them where they've been retrofitted with the crosshairs and bits and pieces in. They look pretty cool. I'm I'm on board with that. But um, but yeah, certain certain things where it's got it's got the name of another car in it. No, I don't think uh, I don't think they belong on your car. There we go. I've said it. Unpopular opinion, maybe. Let us know if it is. We're at UK Motor Talk everywhere. But if you want the ultimate manifestation of that, that, well, certainly that I saw when I was trying to sort of avert my gaze in certain directions there, uh, was a Volkswagen Polo that was running on at least 20-inch Bentley wheels, two-tone Bentley wheels for that matter, obviously, which, yes, technically the same manufacturing group, but that's pretty much where the similarities end. And it, yeah, not not for me, thank you very much. See, now I, now I think that's kind of okay. I mean, if you imagine... I don't know, an Uno on, on Testarossa rims. Would you fancy that? No. I think that could work. <laughs> set of five spoke ones. I think that I think that could work. I no. think you should maybe you could hear me out on that one. There's, there's potential. <laughs> no. People have been burned at the stake for less heretical <laughs> comments than that. No, no. no. I, I think it'd work I'd work on, on an Uno Turbo. I think if, if it's in period, period mods generally speaking are kind of okay. So I mean, we'll ignore max power. See, I don't know, but you definitely have to get those get those second hand because you can imagine, you know, Mister Uno driver rocking up to the Ferrari dealership. Oh, can I give you lots of money to buy four wheels off a Ferrari, whatever, to put on my Uno? And you can just imagine the parts guy at Ferrari going, "No," and walking off. (laughs) Am I allowed to fit? No, but I can fit. No, but what if I buy? No. Yeah, that's it. And in fact, if you do it, I now know it's your intention to do it. So I'm expressly banning you from doing it. And if you do do it, then we'll just come and take them back because they're ours. They've got our logo. What are Ferrari going to do? I know they fiercely hate people modifying their cars, don't they, Ferrari? They they will sue you if you modify it. So who was the the um, yes the DJ did the the, the nine cap thing? Had had it all wrapped and everything else, and lots of people modify it. Justin Bieber did did a I think it was a Matt Green one or whatever. Ferrari say. You know, if you do this, we will sue you because it's devaluing our brand and you'll never be able to buy one again. But what are they going to do? Tell everyone to say, you can't buy a Fiat Uno. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. There's no, 
you're, you're never buying an Uno again. Well, you'll have trouble buying an Uno these days anyway. There's not that many left, I know, because I keep looking for them. And any Uno Turbo that does come up comes up for stupid money anyway. I'd, I'd want to keep that absolutely bone stock. Wouldn't want to stick Ferrari wheels on. So, well, actually, we've we've had a whip round from the uh, from the Patreon, David, and and we did buy you one, but it it has got a set of Ferrari wheels on it. So I guess we'll just oh. scrap it or weigh weigh the wheels in. Sell the wheels and buy buy another donor car in order to, it's buy to another, keep the other know. one running. I, I think if you upset Ferrari that much, you'll be visited by a group of gentlemen in rather tight fitting suits and uh, rather old fashioned hats, and all seem to have a bulge <laughs> under their armpits. But they'll they'll I'm attempt so to discourage you. Armpit. In their in their uh, their tight fitting suits, <laughs> <laughs> they just appear at the door. My God, those trousers are tight. Step away from that Ferrari, sir. And if uh, and if you are a member of the Italian mafia, then we're not talking about you. Don't worry. No, I've never heard of the mafia. <laughs> I think what it did demonstrate, though, sort of all all joking aside, as I said earlier on, just wandering round. Whilst a good proportion of what I saw wasn't necessarily to my personal taste, what I was very taken by was the enthusiasm of everyone there. There were so many different groups of people. I mean, the Max Power and the um, the other end of the scale, the people wrapping R8s in um, foil and doing all that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's neither of them are to my taste because there is no taste that I can discern. But it does show that there is a huge wealth of people wanting to do something different. And that's to be applauded, I think. If it's all just sort of beige or black or brown or white, then what a boring world it would be. So, you know, it's it's nice to see a bit of colour and a bit of um, variance in our motoring wasteland yeah, you're right. that we now inhabit. I think it's that um, for, for the last, well, since really, what, 2005-ish, I would say, cars have got rather difficult to modify in terms of all the mods that you'd first do to a car. You know, you can still change the wheels easily enough, but if you don't put the right TPMS sensors on it, then it throws everything out of whack. But, you know, lots of modern cars, you can't change the stereo in because it's all so integral to the dash and all bolted in um that you can't you know you can't change the stereo on a on a mark 7 fiesta for example without some serious work and modification of bits and pieces and if you're not careful because it all links in if it doesn't like the stereo that's connected then the car won't start so you know in the old days of uh, of din single din or double din it was very easy mm-hmm. you just bought the cage or the surround if you needed and popped in your your Alpine or Pioneer head unit, and and off you went. It was dead easy. But having said that, of course, most modern cars have now got touchscreens and CarPlay and whatever else, so that's all you'd want in them. So you just upgrade the speakers and uh, and off you go. But all the the mods that used to get done, you'd have a, a body kit that kind of fitted and and make a rough hash of it. I think the quality of modified cars these days has massively improved in how these things are done and. Whether it's just you know the manufacturing process of the body kit themselves, they now just fit better, or there's fewer of them, so those that are produced are better quality. Everything just seems to have uh, pretty much kicked up a notch in terms of the the fit and finish. Apart from this S Max that you saw, yeah, it was um, it, yeah, <laughs> it is is a unique taste, isn't it? I mean, I think there's a bum for every seat, they say, don't they? And and people like different things as as. As Davis said, and I think that's kind of okay. But I think with the way the cars have developed, as you said, things have got a little bit formulaic to an extent because you have, on one hand, sort of checkbook builds where people will just get the car, they'll buy the most expensive set of, of rims they can buy and get air ride. 
and then slam it on the deck and that's done that's that's the entire car for them maybe get a retro on the interior with in terms of body kits i don't think you really see them anymore my my fiesta had a body kit which was for an actual ford body kit from the factory it looked looked quite smart but now what you tend to get is these little um splitters and lips and things that people fit to the underside of the skirts with um with little with self tappers and under the front we've done a, we've we've done a few of these for people actually uh, and that they seem to be massively massively popular hmm. they always look pretty good it just sort of enhances what's already there so actually yeah is that the oem plus look it's how it came out of the factory just a little bit better see i'm i'm not sure that give that a few years people are going to go well apart from the fact that they, when they hit things they seem to splinter, splinter and shatter whether you know in a few years time people go i can't believe that my car's got loads of holes under <laughs> under the side skirt where they had used to have these things fitted because once you've you've made holes in it you've made holes in it haven't you it's done there's there's yeah. no way back from that so it is quite nice to see a bit of a bit of variety, and um, you know, as as Dave says, it's, it, not everyone's going to like the same things. Part of the fun of being in the car scene is that I might like something. You know, Dave might have a have a a bent for for Fiat Pandas or something. You know, Fiat Panda four by four might be you might be your, your idea of of fun. There's this you know people that are into Land Rovers and all the the, the fun and maintenance that comes with that. Um, there's, uh, you know, people that like rusty old Fords and Minis and, you know, like me, people that will spend 25 quid on a Mini, people that will spend £100,000 on a, a Sierra Cosworth, whereas I personally would think, well, why, why would you spend that on a Sierra? I mean, I'm, I'm a Ford guy, I like that kind of stuff, but you just think you could go out and buy a Ferrari. Why wouldn't you do that? The whole point of something like, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I've said this before, I'm sure I've said this many times, in fact, the whole idea of stuff like um, RSs was it, it democratised the sort of the supercar performance for you know pocket money effectively and you could go out there and you could smash a Porsche's head in and then you know come back and do some do some donuts around your McDonald's car park or whatever other yobbish behavior you were going to do and then go to the shops that's the whole point it's not much good if if you're driving around in a car that's worth three Porsches it doesn't 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 make sense to me because you might as well have a you know a Porsche and a state car and something else if it's going to be 100 grand's worth so yeah, I mean, it, it, the fact that, that there's something out there for everyone, I, I think is great, except for some things that maybe should be left in the past. And, and on that note, actually, I'd like to know what the most embarrassing mods you've done to your cars are. If you, if you care to own up, what's the most embarrassing things you've done to your cars? <laughs> I don't know. See, I think things like that, that that could be deemed embarrassing if you embrace it and, and own the, the notoriety that comes with it is a... Uh, as a joke, as a wind-up, there was a, me and a mate, he, um, we were at a, a car show and there was a guy there doing his own vinyl printing stickers, etc. Like uh, like we do at work, he had the cutters, we just said, oh, make, you know, whatever you want, tell me the dimensions, tell me what you want to make. Uh, so he got for his Metro, going back to the Metro, that was a, a 1.3, beautiful car, one lady only, you know, silly low mileage when he bought it, really tidy thing. For the back of it, he got a, a sticker that took up the entire rear of the car between the two light clusters, and it simply said, Metro Power. <laughs> and his nickname became Metro Power. He had people that, you know, didn't even know who he was on a random night out because we've we've all had this you know we've got you know there's there's a guy in our uh in a, both our phone books mike from our last track day that is just harry texaco escort and that's yes. no idea what his surname is but his name's harry and he's got an escort with texaco stickers on it so that's how you got to know people oh, you know, I, I know I people had just by their car Stuart sierra 
was in my phone yeah. book and and things like that. But yeah, he uh, became the number of people who just walked past him and shout Metro Power at him. And for a long, long time, we'd done no other modifications to the vehicle at all other than uh, fit a stupidly loud exhaust and drill the airbox. So it sounded oh, yes, like a touring car. Drilling the, drilling the airbox out. Sound, yes. It sounded like a touring car, but just none of the performance. You could rinse the thing out in second gear and then rinse it out in third gear, and that covered a whole speed span of like 22 up to 31 miles an hour. But it was brilliant, so you can make a load of noise anywhere. It was never fast enough to get done for speeding, but you could hear the thing coming from a mile away. The speed on it was woeful. Every time he borrowed his mum's car, because his was off the road for whatever reason, he got caught speeding in it every single time, because <laughs> um, the, the Fiesta 1.4 just had too much power for him. But it was um, it was a cracking thing, and then we uh, lowered it and put fourteens on it. Cheap set of fourteen inch gold wheels on a red car looked lovely, but I think the the tires because we needed something like a one eight five thirty five fourteen. They had to order the tires in, and the tires cost about a hundred pounds each. And then it was a couple of afternoons of rolling the arches and smacking away and hacking at them to try and get it mm. to fit. And then the uh, the hydro gas all fell out of the suspension, so it just slammed itself on the deck and didn't move for a month or two. But good fun, good fun. It look, looked really cool though at that point. Probably slammed. Well, it did, to yeah. The floor. So when, when all the uh, when all the suspension had fallen out of it, is you know we sort of got it into the garage. It's like if it could look like that, but actually be able to driven, that would be ideal. So when you're pumping it up, don't pump it up too much. Um, but they fixed it and obviously pumped it up to the correct level. So we did let a bit out of it just to let it back down again. So it looked all right. Anyone else? Go on, Graham. You must have some tales. Oh, I don't think I've ever really been into car mods, but, but the, the actual wording you used reminded me of uh, the Ford Escort that would never start. And, um, and uh, one day I decided to rearrange the driver's side door um, with my boot. Um, it did no good for the car. It still never started, but it let off some steam for me. Has some forty vibes. If you're not sure, ask your mum. Is, it, is that in your punk rocker days of just smashing up cars? Because why not? <laughs> I just I don't know why it just suddenly popped into my head. But car modification styles that definitely don't need to stay in the past. Southeast London look. If you've um, if you've not seen this, this is um, sort of you'd see it mostly on old escorts like Mark One, Mark Two escorts, where you'd put a set of of decent rooms like RS rooms or whatever or maybe banded steels or what have you, and then just basically slam it on its ass so it'd be right down, um, usually with a, a hot cross flow or, or something similar, or a hot pinto in there, and that's the, the south-east London look, and they look great even now. You leave, generally leave the bodywork pretty much alone and just drop it, it's, have them clean, tidy, and yeah, that, that definitely still it's, works. It's that sort of LA low-rider look in, in European yeah. cars. And so, yeah, quite I guess often it is. It works yeah. really well. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to... I mean, in in those days, either heat the springs up so they went a bit uh, a bit soggy, I suppose, and and dropped it or lopped a couple of coils off, I guess, and and some blocks on the uh, on the rear springs, on the leaf springs. But I, I think probably the most embarrassing mod I've ever done. I've only ever done this with one particularly embarrassing one. It's I I'm guilty of up badging, and I was going to say what a lot of people call it, but I better not because it's not broadcastable. Um, in fact, it's up badging something beginning with S and then shaming. Um, so I'll let you fill in the gaps. So this is when you see idiots do things like fit an M badge 
to the back of uh, you know, a BMW 320 or a 318D or something stupid. Mine had M badges, but only because it was M Sport. Yeah, it doesn't, but... Every BMW has an M badge, doesn't it? They're, no, they're, it's, they're, just, they're, they're, it's just not They good. seem to be automatic on every, even one series. Uh, they've all got M badges on these days. It's, it's okay if it's an M something, even if it's like an M light, like an M135 or an M140 or whatever. Okay, I can live with that. But when you get hmm. something like an old, you know, it's an old 318D and they stick an M badge on the back or an M3 badge and you think the only people that are going to know enough about this to care are the very same people that will it not would do impressed. it anyway. Yeah, that would, no, the people that would, would know that it's a fake one. You know, if yeah. my mum was sat behind a 3 series and M badge on the back, she's going to have no idea what that means. If I'm sat behind, I'm going to go, that's a diesel. That's a diesel. It's got it's got one exhaust it, and the yeah. badge is crooked. The clues are yes, there. The number of, uh, of uh, BMW M3s I've seen where the, the BMW factory made the random decision to fit drum brakes on the rear. I mean, it's <laughs> yes. And then they weight paint saving power or, drums. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, they paint paint them red or something. Don't paint your drums red. You don't want to highlight yeah, don't them. highlight Don't draw don't attention highlight them. to no, it. No, <laughs> just don't do that. Um, yeah, so I guess when I was, oh, 17, must have been 17, I my my first car, which was, as we know, glamorous, a new car, pre-reg car, in fact, because it was cheaper than fixing it, knowing that you had a, an amount, and it was a Kia Bacanto SE, mm. Um, mm. which, well, Bracey, it had... Everything on it, it had a little body kit that came in standard. It had fog lamps and electric windows all round and air conditioning and power mirrors and all that kind of stuff. And it had the most amazing brakes on a small car because being Kia, they raided their parts bin and they put the same brakes on that they put on the people carriers. So it would stop instantly, which is perfect when you've just passed your driving test because it stops you from driving. I was going to say, this This sounds like the worst first car in the world no, because everything it was, on it works. It's got everything on it it's and perfect. it's safe and reliable and dependable. It was safe. That, that's it was, no fun. That's no fun. It was a, it was pretty reliable, apart from a gearbox, a GM module, a coolant leak, which meant it had a new cylinder head, um, and something else. I can't remember what something else was. Thank God um, for a warranty. But, yes, but it had you know it had alloys and all that kind of stuff, and it had mm, stereo, which I then took out and replaced with a Sony. I assume it's supposed to be an Explode, but it was an Explod. Um, Explod. Explod, and then dynamated the doors and all that all that kind of stuff. I changed the front grille to one that had like um, like a stainless steel mesh in, which looked pretty good. It was it was a, a genuine one, and then for some unknown reason, decided to, that this car needed to not be an SE anymore. It needed to be. I know what you're thinking, SE, nice, um, an an R, a something R. So I, I looked around till I could find something with an R badge on that there aren't many of. No one knew what it was, and I found a Volkswagen something R badge. I stuck it on the back, and in hindsight, I think, what the hell are you doing? Why did you do that? Why did I do this? Is a 1.1. N- nippy as it was. I did something slightly similar, but it was um, it, it just utterly ridiculous on my Mark II Golf that had the GL badge on it, and you couldn't debadge it because the badge had pegs on the back that stuck into oh, holes. Oh, I hate when they work. do that. Hence, yeah. all the rear you know, the, the rear bumper rusted out on a Golf because they drilled holes in it. But I got a set of number plates made up that were all funky, like ghosted and random letterings and things and put Golf mm. GTI on the number plate. And I think, why did I think <laughs> it says Golf GTI? But actually it's a yes. GL. I, I no idea why. But, yeah. But actually but, I, I then wrote the car off a week later, but I've still got the number plates up on the wall in the garage. But yeah, I haven't got the car anymore. Apart from that, maybe a chrome number plate around is about as far as I got to the 
It was actually it was yeah. made of stainless steel. So it wasn't even the plastic cheap ones. It was a you know an expensive one. Uh, um, so it's yeah, I've still got the car scattered around my house. I've got the uh, the number plates on the garage at the front of the house and the steering wheel on the wall at the back of the house. So that's uh, that's how the car ended up, literally scattered all around my house. But, I think that's fair. It's, it's nice to be able to share this with you all. This is this is probably the most shameful thing I've done in my entire life. So to be able to to share that with you, you haven't lived. It's a cathartic process. This isn't it. You know, we've let out. If you've got a particularly embarrassing mod that you did to your car in period, then let us know because we'd like to laugh at you. We are at UK Motors Talk everywhere, of course. Dave, did you do anything silly to your motors? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Um, <laughs> well, funnily enough, it was to a Ford Escort, Ooh. which was my second car after the Renault 5 that I had for six months collapsed and its suspension and everything basically rotted down one side and it ended up going to the scrapper for 50 quid. I got a Mark II Escort Popular Plus, which came pre-modded, actually. Somebody had already put extra spotlights on the front, which looked quite cool, and it had slightly bigger wheels, I seem, seem to remember, but it didn't have brakes that worked properly, and it had all manner of other bits and pieces, but it went, and it didn't rot, and it, it was actually quite a lot of fun, and you could basically fishtail the back in the wet because it was so light that even with the uh, the throbbing 60-brake horsepower going through those rear wheels or whatever it was, it was um, still a bit skittish at times that aside uh the modifications think of the period we were in here this would have been 1988-89 um were limited to two things apart from the installation of a sodding great big uh, cb aerial on a gutter mount which obviously you had to have back in those days so that was that was quite good there was the you may be too young to remember these but the dash mounted uh sound effect generator that you could press oh, it, was, yes. it was it was designed to re- uh, yes, release stress in traffic jams where you could um you could petrol bomb people you could drop yes, bombs missiles on, you could shoot and stuff machine guns missiles yes. i can't remember i had one of those it may may or may not have been got for me for a, a joke birthday present i can't remember but the the one i did spend my own money on and for shame i i relate this tale was the uh, the fake squeezy car phone that you could stick to your dash with the um the Bostick two double-sided sticky things. It just stuck straight on the dash and it even came with a fake aerial you could stick on the glass. And I got pulled over one evening, um, as you did in those days. Uh, God only knows what I was doing, but it wasn't anything too drastic, I don't think, because the bloke just laughed at me in the end. As you would, probably out of pity. (laughs) He just pointed the thing on the dashboard in case you don't honestly think anyone's going to be fooled by that. And I said, fooled by what? (laughs) And I just literally had just yanked the thing off and slung it under the seat. He goes, it looks better now. So, <laughs> oh, no. Bless him. See, but, that's, um, that's, a, yeah. that's proper policing, isn't it? Shaming you into yeah, exactly. uh, not being naughty anymore. Don't write Don't you a be- ticket. Just make you feel like an idiot. Exactly. I think we were all on the same page there. We all knew it was a really stupid thing to have. Anyway, it was it was young young and foolish. I think there's a lot, lot to be said for that sort of... Uh, Traffic cop policing, the uh, rather broad-minded traffic cop that will upbraid you for something you've just done wrong rather than instantly write you a, a, a ticket. It, it's just make you see the error of your ways and you learn a lot faster and you perhaps behave a lot better uh, thereafter. And I'm not sure that a £90 fine and three points actually has the same effect at all. It does for the uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer, who gets some of that money and 
the local authority and the police authority. I think probably the uh, the less said about the uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer this week, the better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, indeed. Oh, funnily enough, I heard a, a good joke about trickle down economics this week. Go on. You wouldn't get it. Ah. Uh, ah. There we go. Uh, and I guess on that terrible, terrible joke, it is probably time for us to say goodbye. It's been a pleasure chatting to you about uh, modification and all our modding crimes, um, and we look forward to speaking to you next time. So until then, I've been Mike. Goodbye. I've been Jim. Take care. I'm Graham. Look after yourself. And I've been Dave. See you next time. And of course, if you're missing us in the meantime, don't forget to find us on the socials. We are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.